Welcome to the Tim Duncan episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 21. My name is Logan Wortman, and today I am joined by none other than Jacob Roth. Jacob, how's it going? It is going peachy, peachy. here on this chilly first Sunday of the year because we were a little bit, a little mixed up last week, but we're here. We're uh, stronger than ever, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I had higher PRs when I was lifting, I guess, in high school, but we're going to get there someday, 2023 has been meh to start. So far, okay. yeah. Because <laughs> we missed for episode one. I didn't realize how much I missed these sitting down and talking for an undisclosed period of time so people don't know how much we cut up uh, every single week. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And we've only been doing it semi-consistently. It's been about a month, right? Yeah. We were doing it pretty, pretty solidly consistently for about a month. And then we had the one hiccup with the new year. But I'm blaming it on that. So, mm-hmm. But no, it's been, it's been great. NBA's been wild. Um, NFL, my Patriots got eliminated today, not upset in the slightest, oh. because now I get to go watch Miami get destroyed by Buffalo next week, mm. and that will bring joy to my heart. Yeah, yeah. And good news on DeMar Hamlin, I guess, if anybody's a football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that he is going to be a fully functioning, regular person. I do know that it is up in the air still for his football career. But I do know that uh, it is anticipated that he has full brain function or as close to full as they can test as of right now. Um, and he got taken off of the, uh, the ventilator. Tube. Ventilator. Or I don't even know if he – intubated is what he was. I don't know if that means he's on a ventilator or uh, what. But yeah. he had the tube down his throat and he's no longer has that. So that's a good sign uh, in the sports world. And they raised like $8 million for kids in Pittsburgh to have toys. Yeah, which is cool too. I saw that. Well, I heard about that today. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, man. But yeah, uh, made it to episode 21. Um, so Jacob, can you do something for me? <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know that song. I just see little clips from it. Yeah. Like on my phone where it'll be like, uh, I don't know. I can't even remember. It'll be like sports ones where it'll be like a football guy wearing 21 and he'll like have a pick and it'll be like 21 and it like is the music. But I'm also not on TikTok. I'm on, <laughs> I have Instagram that I barely look at. Uh, so I, I really don't have, I'm not, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the people. Yeah. Like, uh, some, some, some people, but, yeah. uh, I do recognize the song. Is it a good song? It the is. Song it is. Yeah. Rich Flex by Drake and 21 Savage. That's the opening track on their collab album. And so oh, Drake sucks. I listened to the album the, the day or the night that I came out. And then the next day I saw all those memes of, oh yeah, it didn't even, like the weird thing is I thought it was kind of funny, like hearing it in the, in the track, you know, at the very beginning mm-hmm. where he's like 21, do something for me. Like, I just thought it was weird that how, how drawn out it was. It was really repetitive, but I, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really, I couldn't have predicted that it would have become a big meme like that. To be honest, Drake sucks. Hot take to start. <laughs> think about, let's think about before we jump into the real, the, the, the meat, the sauce of the episode. Um, Name three Drake songs that he did not have to feature someone that doesn't suck. God's Plan? God's Plan, yeah. Um, I guess there's I, that Summer 16 or whatever. That one's an okay song. Are we 
counting old Drake or not? Because there's well, you, you can, know, yeah, you can get that's lots Drake. Of, okay, then over headlines started from the bottom, energy. Um, oh, that didn't have anybody on them. I just think when you think of like when I like, I, I have this giant playlist. Uh, so Logan also has a giant playlist just called A, I think, where it's like oh, yeah. an unfathomably large number of songs. Pretty much anything you've ever been like, oh, that's pretty good. Throw it in that playlist. Spotify won't let me add any more songs to it anymore, <laughs> so it maxed out at yes. 10,000. Is there A2? Or is yeah, I do a- have an A2. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I've made a playlist that's called Jake- Jacob's Musical Mashup Masterpiece of Magnificence. And when I all the Drake songs I have in there, I have a couple solo ones, but almost all of them are like... The, just ones where he's with other people. Yeah, I think yeah. That he does do a lot of collabs, and in my opinion, those are most of the time his, his best stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially with Twenty One and Travis Scott, some of those ones. Yeah. Well, and then if you go like the, I, I'm blanking on, it, but there's that song that has like Drake, Eminem. Oh, forever. For yeah. like that has like Drake, Kanye, Lil Wayne, and Eminem. Yeah. yeah, like that's that doesn't seem like it was real, but it was. Also, um, as we're going to jump into the meat of the day's episode, if that works for you, do you want to keep on going on music? Because we can do that. Let's, let's get into basketball, yeah. <laughs> okay. Before we get into the Celtics corner and the Nuggets the Nuggets nook and the meat of the episode, I do not think that fans should be allowed to vote for All-Star Games because it's got me flabbergasted in the NFL and looking at the people that made the All-Star Game in the NBA has got me begouched. And it's not the people that made it like, oh, they, they should be a starter. But, like, Clay Thompson, I think, had more votes than Devin Booker? What? Yeah. And I know that it's fan vote, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. blah. I'm just like... And anybody on the Warriors is going to get, like, double the amount of votes than they, that they should. Because... <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got... Jokic has 900,000 less votes than LeBron himself. Mm-hmm. What? But... LeBron hasn't, you know, he's going to get the most amount of votes every single year. And that's because it's, and I get that, it's but just I just names. find it just stupid. Like, um, there was another name that just blew my mind that they had more votes. It was. I saw like Austin oh, Reeves. Oh yeah. DeMar DeRozan had double the votes of Devin Booker. That's the one that blew my mind. Yeah. Double the votes. And it's because all of Chicago is like, let's do it for the South side. Like they did like that, whatever Chicago thing people do. But, and then you've got like Austin Reeves. Yeah. Austin Reeves has more votes than like, uh, who was it? It was somebody. What's weird to me. Anthony Edwards isn't on this list. He's built. He literally plays every NBA game like it's an all-star game. Just forgets about the defensive half of the court and just kind of does crazy stuff and does fun interviews. Yeah. He, like, plays an all-star weekend every single week of his life. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he wasn't on there, you're saying? No, he's – this is what I'm looking at that came out on the 5th. So this is three days old. Yeah. I think that was the, the first fan returns is what it's labeled as. But it is uh, LeBron and KD are the two top vote-getters, which I get that. They're the ones with the big brands. They're the players. Giannis was close – uh, with 2.9 million, almost 3 million. Uh, KD and LeBron were both at 3.1 million. LeBron slightly more. Um, but then, like, you've got, like, the big names, like, uh, I'll just start with the West Front Court and we'll make our way down. LeBron has the most 3.1. Jokic, 2.2 in second for Front Court for the West. Anthony Davis has 2 million, just about even, for third place in the Front Court. Zion's at 1.9 million. Wiggins has 1.1 million. And that means Laurie Markin and Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, 
Kevon Looney. I didn't even see him. I know. At 10. Anybody that wears a Warriors jersey is going to get a lot of votes, way more than they should. Honestly, shout out to the the loyal four hundred and sixty six thousand nine hundred and eighty eight people that put the the Dirk two. It's not Jokic. It is Laurie Markkinen. Is the reincarnation of Dirk of Dirk, and uh, I almost attempted to say his last name, but I know I've said it wrong my whole life. So instead of getting flamed on the internet, I'm just gonna call him Dirk. Nowitzki. No, it's Nowitzki. Yeah. I don't. Is it Nowitzki? Nowitzki. It's Nowitzki. G- Germany, German W's and V's, it just, it's it's too much. But Laurie Markinen, I know that one. He's in seventh place now for front court in the West behind Wiggins, Paul George, and Zion. And I get those kind of. But then you get into Not like Wiggins, the guards. Yeah. yeah, but like Curry's the top voted guard, 2.7 million. That just makes sense. He probably mm-hmm. won't be able to play, but it makes sense. Uh, Luca is not far behind with two point, just shy of two point four million, and then you've got Ja with not even a million votes, which is surprising. Shea Gilgis Alexander's right behind him. Uh, Clay Thompson sneaking in there at half a million votes. Russell Westbrook is ahead of Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, then Austin Reeves. He's not gonna make the All Star team, but he's like too close. The fact that Jordan Poole and but like then you've got guys you're like thinking about like okay what are some guards in the West. That and should be thinking, in there over Reeves. That should like maybe over the entire bottom half of the list after Clay, or even throw Clay in that pool, like, and it gets hard because then it's just a popularity contest. The and this is the game that doesn't matter. It's not like it's the All NBA teams or something agree just like that where Austin Reeves would be like, yeah, third team All NBA guard. You'd be like, what? what? Guards are honestly kind of weak in the West this year. Now that I'm thinking about it. Well, yeah, because I guess the guys that I always think of is like, where's, uh, wait. Because Mitchell's, oh, okay. Donovan, yeah, he's, he's, he's second. He gave me a panic attack because I was looking at the guards on the east. I was like, where's Mitchell? Yeah. And I did not see it because for some reason I was looking for an S for Spider maybe. I don't even know <laughs> what my brain was doing. Yeah, but um, Donovan Mitchell's in the east like, now. Jalen Brunson's in the east. Um, Steph, I mean, he's number one, but he's <laughs> injured right now. Derek Rose has more votes than uh, Lamelo. Oh, I thought that was I thought uh, that was uh, Lonzo for a second when I saw Ball. I was like, "Why does he have any votes? He can't even play." Yeah. Uh, man, this is and this was totally unrelated for everybody that was listening. We had a whole plan going into this, but then I was just like thinking about these All Star appear and it. And it doesn't matter. It's it really doesn't matter. But it just blows my mind sometimes. Yeah. Now this is a surprise topic, but I I do want to talk about it though a little bit. Like the, Andrew Wiggins last year, he was a starter in the All Star game, which was pretty crazy. But like, you know, it was weird because there weren't a lot of options in the West last year, just because a lot of people were injured. Um, but then, like, apparently the, there was this thing going around on the internet, like from BTS fans for some reason. I don't I don't remember why. But a bunch of BTS fans, for some reason, were interested in getting Andrew Wiggins into the All-Star game. You can look this up. This is like a, a thing. I can't remember why. I, you know, I, um, but the, it ended up getting him a lot of votes just from a bunch of people who, you know, like BTS. You don't even watch basketball. So one of the BTS singers known as Bam Bam tweeted, It's time to begin 2022. He's one of the best two-way players. Wiggs deserves to be an all-star. Vote Andrew Wiggins into the 2022 <laughs> all-star game. And I can't wait to meet you all very soon. So a Korean person that probably watches basketball doesn't appear to like, 
it's I shouldn't even bring that up. But it just the the tweet was rather comical, and it's just three random pictures of Andrew Wiggins, and it looks like they were all at the same game, mm-hmm. just because it's like the all black Warriors with the yellow. Um, yeah, and so it, that tweet probably has the hashtag in it for like the Andrew Wiggins vote for All Star, and so every every single person that retweets that counts as an additional vote for Andrew Wiggins to be an All Star. So that's how like stuff like that goes co- completely viral and goes crazy. But yeah, that was uh, a bit nutty. Brain cells are lackluster across the Twitter sphere. Uh, but yeah, no, that's it's and it, and this is bad. But like, if people are gonna put all star appearances on their like Hall of Fame resume, I know. yeah, then don't then don't let fans vote on it. Yeah, because like that's eight year old Jimmy with a Twitter being like. Let's get Jordan Poole on there over Devin Booker. And Jordan Poole's having a great season because, like, he's being up and down. He's being baby J.R. Smith, and there's nothing wrong with it. But I don't think that he deserves an all-star appearance more than Devin Booker, who is one of the best players or the best potential player on a team that is, like, doing things because of him existing. Like, if Jordan Poole was to play in Memphis... The Warriors would be like, oh, man, we're going to have to just fight this way through Steph injured. But they wouldn't be like, we're the bottom of the NBA. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If Jordan Poole wasn't there. Yeah. It, yeah. It just gets me flabbergasted. Yeah. No, I mean, he's definitely been really good since getting into the starting lineup. But the beginning of the season was pretty rough. And um, is that true? Poole has more votes than Booker right now? Is that a thing? No, he does not, okay. but it is... good, because that would have been <laughs> a, little, a tad bit too far. Um, Russell Westbrook does, though. More votes than Booker? Yeah, by uh, double. So, yeah, see, like, guys that have been... They just have such a cult fan base, you know? Even yeah. when they're not good anymore. Like, those guys are just going to keep... Show- like, I guarantee you, if Carmelo was on a team right now, he would be in the top 10 for all-star votes. Who are the two players that they they just said you're on the All Star team? It doesn't matter. It was it Kobe and oh, no. Dirk. It was Dwayne Dwayne Wade and Dirk. Their last season. Dwayne Wade. They just was like you're. The and they were the two captains, it. is what they did. Yeah. Well, right? I don't. Yeah. I don't think they were the captains. They just made. It, they had a. They let them. They were in the draft. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I do remember that was the first ever like where they do the big announcement. That was the first one I had ever watched. Yeah, and like they were the either the first or the last ones to get announced, and it was like, and now for the, his eighteenth All Star appearance, yeah, Dwayne Wade, and it was like this big thing, and then I was like, well, Dwayne Wade seems out of place here. Yeah, uh, Dirk but, was even more out of place. I think yes, Wade Wade was arguably still the best player on his team his last year, but Dirk was like well, Miami or in Miami, yeah. Okay, also I think Dirk gets not enough love. He's yeah, like, no, no. No, and this is like an unrelated... We're going down a whole other rabbit hole. Uh, this will be probably... We could probably make this an entire episode. We'll like each pick like three guys that just don't get enough love, mm. whether they're current or past players. I'm writing that down. And Dirk, like... Mark Cuban, I think, gives Dirk enough love, but I don't know if anybody else on this planet does. Because, like, people forgot that, like, Dirk, not alone, but kind of, beat the Heatles. Oh, yeah, no, like, for sure. definitively. Yeah. And it wasn't alone. Like he, that was a very solid supporting cast for Dirk. But like he was the only, you know, he star. carried the weight. Yeah, yeah, he he carried the weight. Um, and then but then like uh, you could, it's a little bit different with uh, 
Tim Duncan and stuff like that, but because he's like recognized as one of the best ten at least fours or fives or I don't. Oh, I don't what you're trying what, to say is position. Yeah, yeah, because that's a most people he consider him a power forward, but I see. Yeah, because that's where he started, but he moved into five when I started paying attention to basketball closer. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like when your center's uh, the admiral, it's kind of like yeah, we're gonna have Tim Duncan play the four. Yeah, there's no reason not to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that'll be that'll be a whole topic in and of itself, maybe soon, maybe not soon, maybe when things are slower and we don't have uh, every all-the-time updates. Uh, but you can look forward to that if you stay tuned here to Hoop Theory. And it'll be, we're, I'm calling it now, we're going to make it the um, Sean Marion episode. What number did he wear? 30 For some reason in my brain, one? six? 31, I think. That was just the first player that had a high number in my head, 31. It is 31. It'll be by episode 31, so we've got nine episodes. That actually is terrible timing, because that'll be like NBA playoffs, and we'll just take a hard pivot to the right. But anyway. I like how you've locked us in now to using Sean Marion as our <laughs> episode 31. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't even think of I that. I don't know who else would uh, be for 31, but yeah, he he's a good candidate. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, we will uh, now jump into Nuggets slash Celtics corner. We're going to focus more. This will be more of a Nuggets thing, because... Th- the Celtics, I just am too emotional to give a real analysis unless Logan wants to talk about it. Joe Mazzulla is not a bad coach. I hate that he doesn't call timeouts. And I wish that um, the players would stop like having weird cryptic interviews that Rob Williams should start. I don't know. It just it bugs me. But Nuggets, though, they had... Uh, Jokic was about to as close to on fire as he could be for about two and a half weeks in a row and then slightly slightly cooled down a little bit mm-hmm. uh, as the man that doesn't miss a minute of Nuggets basketball. Uh, what um, what what did you see from this past, I guess, two weeks? We've got two weeks to get through. Oh, yeah, two um, weeks. For this year for the Nuggets. You can just do this this past week. Yeah. Um, um, because it, it was pretty much a transition week where Jokic cooled off like as the week continued into the week they're in now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. I think his next game after the 40-15 or 41-15-15 and 15 game on Christmas Day was 19, 12, and 12, I want to say. And then he was like 33, 12, and 12 or something like that. Which, by the way, dumb stat, but first time anyone ever has ever gotten 12 and 12 two games in a row. Don't know why that matters, but... It's an ESPN stat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then I think the first game this year, really, maybe maybe I'm overselling that a little bit, but the first game where I was like, yeah, this, this really, Jokic doesn't really have it tonight was the Timberwolves game that we lost, the uh, most recent loss we had. Um, and that was the second night of a back-to-back, and Jokic came out right away, like, very obviously. like had He was really short on a lot of his shots and l- seemed to have a quicker temper than usual this season. And usually you don't get a great uh, Jokic game when he looks mad right away. No, for sure. Um, so... I mean, we, we lost that game. That wasn't a great one. But it almost, in a way, was kind of a schedule loss just because the night before we had uh, the Celtics, uh, which we came out on top in that game. But there was like a 45 to an hour delay rim because, delay. yeah, uh, Rob Williams hung on the rim and uh, knocked it off kilter. So they had to like relevel it or whatever. So it became a later night than normal, and then they had to fly to Minnesota uh, that night and then play the uh, the Timberwolves the next day. So I also 
jumping into that, something is wrong with Ball Arena or Pepsi Center, as it will forever be known as my It happened twice in Denver. Or were you guys on the road for that Clippers rim delay? It was in Denver, wasn't it? There was a rim delay? There was another the one. It was a lot quicker, I think. I'm almost I know positive that- I saw that there was another one. I know that somebody did tilt the rim in garbage time of the Clippers game, but I don't think they stopped the game. I'm pretty sure they waited till the game was over. No, I just I saw. I will look it up while you can keep talking. But I saw that Mike Malone was like visibly irritated. He always looks visibly irritated, but he was like irritated that like how I don't know if I can remember another time that there was a prolonged rim delay. Maybe there was. I like I maybe I stopped paying attention. Before I thought I did, I thought I watched the, all the way through the Clippers game. But it might have not, not been Clippers. I might have been confused on who it was. But I mean, the Clippers game was Cleveland. over very soon. It was soon. the Cleveland game. Okay, I haven't watched that game yet. So that was the most recent game that happened that we won. Um, it was a 35-minute I mean, I, delay. Okay, I was unaware of that, to be honest. So, yeah, they need to fix because. But you're right, it did happen in the Clippers game too, but they didn't They didn't stop the game. But the, the rim did... did uh, get broken again, got tilted or whatever. Yeah. So, but it was like, the game was like basically over and there was like five minutes left. And so they were like, we're not stopping the game right now. Like just keep playing. <laughs> but it seems like it's the same Hoop. rim yeah. every single time. I don't know why an NBA franchise wouldn't just go buy a whole new hoop. Almost. I mean, it's been three games, three home games in a row now that it's yeah. happened. And I don't like, think it happened before that, so I, I guess I bet I could buy a basketball rim and have it. Uh, yeah, Amazon I'm sure they'll they'll probably me. I'm sure they'll probably get it fixed now, but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So the Clippers game though, that one was great. Um, kind of. I mean, I I was kind of disappointed because I was hoping for a good game. Um, <laughs> it was not. It was not at all. Like they had Kawhi and PG there. The only guy they were missing was John Wall. Which, you know, I, I think he's been pretty good on the Clippers this year. But the Clippers are a stacked team. Like, they have guys at every position. Like, they, they really shouldn't be missing somebody like John Wall that much in 2023. So, but yeah, it was like 63 to 25 at one point, And it was like halfway through the second quarter. So, yeah, I think it feels like we've kind of just had the Clippers number ever since the 3-1 comeback in the bubble which is just kind of a nice dynamic to have like, you know, one of the bigger teams, at least the scarier teams in the West be a team. That's really not a problem for the nuggets for you. But yeah. Overall it was good. Uh, good last uh, few days for the nuggets where you're sitting at the, the number one seed. I think definitively it's not like a tie yep. or anything. I've got it um, right in front of me. Yeah. 26 uh, and 13. I want to say. Yep. 26 and 13. Oh no. The Grizzlies maybe after a game today, because I'm pretty sure tied the Grizzlies it. played today. They're tied. They're both at 26 and three, mm-hmm. and I don't know what your head-to-head. Well, you beat yeah, them we, we beat them. We beat them. Like we have technically you them twice have the. Or not? We've played well, them once. You, they're um. I think they're li- you're listed above them in the NBA standing, but I just didn't yeah know. yeah. Um, and then Celtics also have the one seed. Nets on their. We have a real head coach. Our scary team now. Um, yeah, they're in the second place now in the West. Bucks, Cavs, and Sixers all. Uh, trailing behind the Celtics and uh, they're all a game and a half at the bare minimum behind uh, Celtics and Nets as Celtics still have the top seed though at 28 and 12. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a research thing really quick just to make sure this is correct. 
What day was Steve Nash fired? Oh, what the record has been since then? Yeah. November 1st. Yes, November 1st, I think. And they started off slow. It's December 1 is where things just like flipped. Yeah. So they were they, they've been tw- they they beat the Wizards, beat the lost to the Celtics, but since then I don't know if they've lost. So since November 1st though, they've been 24 and 8. Okay, yeah. So since since firing Steve Nash, they're 24 and 8. Well, and that's the other thing. So then, but then all I was looking at is you go to November, th- or we'll go to December 2nd, start of December for another easy number. They lost to the Celtics on the 4th, but then they went on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 game winning streak until January 4th. They just lost. So mm-hmm. they went the entire almost, entire almost, they went a whole month without losing. Just January 4 to De- or December 4 to January 4. And in that stretch, they played the Bucks. They played the uh, uh, the Bucks. From which days? Oh, Cavs. They played the Cavs. December 4th to January 4th. They didn't okay. lose a game in that stretch. And they played not all great competition, but they played Warriors, which were a, they're a decent team. They played the Cavs. They played... Bucks, um, Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's in the... I guess I don't know when that was... If that's when the Atlanta was being tumultuous, as they are yeah. now, but so I guess the twelve-game winning streak wasn't that crazy. If you look but at it's the competition, st- but con- con- like looking at well, where, where, what are they at now? What do you mean? Like what? What's, what's the their record? record? They're twenty-six and thirteen. Yeah, subtract. I mean, they be they were like five hundred before that. To be like hovering around five hundred and then rip off a twelve-game win streak, even if it isn't against great teams. It's still pretty. Oh solid. yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. They're like yeah. They're, so they were, fourteen and twelve before that, right? Roughly. No, they were thir- yeah. thirteen and twelve before that. Yeah. Then just to rip off a win streak like that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for solid. sure. And it looks like they lost KD today. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. His that was knee today? got. Yeah, they played the Heat. Uh, he left. I don't know. Okay, I shouldn't say that. It looked like oh potentially bad. Um. Thing near the end of the game mm. or no he not the in the third quarter he just got like rolled up and his knee just he was like holding out his knee and didn't get up uh played he did play on it for a couple possessions and then left no real details because it is fresh yeah that's too bad you never want to see that but no you know absolutely. he i think this week on um nba.com uh, mvp ladder he was number one which has been like he's had a great season, especially with those twelve game that twelve game win streak. Um, and ever since Kyrie came back, he's been good. Yeah, Ben Simmons is looking like the role player version of Ben Simmons again now. Mm-hmm. Um, just playing great defense and. Which all that's that's all they needed him to do. Yeah, like, exactly. Realistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick Claxton has looked awesome on defense. Um, w- oddly enough, the Nets have one of the better. I haven't looked at the official rankings, but they have one of the better uh, defenses in the league this year all of a sudden after the last couple of years, like having to scrape and claw on defense just to get by. So that's been an interesting development. But yeah, where are we right now with, I don't remember how we got on the Oh, nets. we just were wrapping up the uh, corners. Oh. We were talking about standings. And you didn't want to talk about the Celtics? Just, I mean, I could, but it just was, 
Um, they've been up and down. They've looked really bad some games. Like that, they shot terrible against the Nuggets. Like I was watching that game on and off because we had um, we had people over because we couldn't get together on the thirty first for New Year's, um, and it just was like, what? Like just stuff wasn't going, and it wasn't like necessarily like all bad shooting. Like there was some good defense sprinkled in, but I also think that I've grown accustomed to the Celtics just bullying the Nuggets because they have just because they like okay Jokic beat us. Yeah, but then yeah. For some reason, it just didn't work this time because Jokic didn't necessarily beat the Celtics. Jokic is always part of the Nuggets beating anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot more like I don't even know how to describe it. It just kind of it didn't it didn't feel great. Um, is the best way I guess to put it. Um, yeah, I just knew they shot terrible from the little bit I watched. I didn't I don't know statistically how bad they shot or or anything like that. I just know that our three point shot was atrocious and you guys could not miss from the three point. Yeah, yeah, that was the big thing. Like yeah. In our in like Mm -hmm. Boston is a really solid three point shooting team. Like as I don't know what our team average is, but I'd have to guess it's pushing forty percent. Like it's a good we're a good three point shooting team. And I guess I have the stats up now. Yeah. You guys fifty six point seven percent from the three point line on thirty attempts. It's hard to beat a team for thirty three. No yeah. matter, like, it could be the magic. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, me bringing up the magic. Um, after those atrocious two games yeah. to really slow down the season. But, um, yeah, you can't beat a team that, it, like, on the volume of 33 pointers, mm-hmm. 56% from the line. Ah, But, no, it, yeah. it was, it would have been a cool game to be at, I guess, maybe. I don't know. That's why we play 82 games in the NBA. To filter out that stuff. Yes, and that's why playoffs are not one game. Mm-hmm, exactly. Outside of the plan, I suppose. Yeah, but that's just for madness. That's yeah, just for TV ratings and crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that game though against the Celtics, it really was. It just came down to the shooting, to be honest. And I was trying to see what Jokic had that game. Can't remember if it was a great Jokic game or not. I've got it up. Uh. 30, 12, and 12. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, not too shabby, I guess. <laughs> uh, the thing that blows, um, I, I've i never seen Bones' as first name in my entire life until just now. Nishan? It's not Bones. Um, you didn't know he had that? Se- he had 17, Gordon had 18, Porter had 19, Bruce Brown had 20. Yeah. A uh, 21. So, there was a lot of uh, people getting, but it was no big surprise, uh, yeah. Jokic got 12 assists, so... Jokic was 10 of 13 that game also. But see, that's what, this is so crazy, and this is why, like, the more and more I think about this MVP race thing, I I kind of expected it. <laughs> like, I was like, oh yeah, Jokic probably got 30 on 15 attempts is what I probably would have guessed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's just what the norm is for him mm-hmm. this season. Um, yeah, which, scoring 30 on 15 attempts... That's literally 100% true shooting percentage. No, I, I understand. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess for everybody like listening, it's this year's been crazy. Unless Jokic like, doesn't... If Jokic only plays... Something happens, he only plays like 50 of the games this year. If, he, if he's 75% of the player he's been so far, he's the MVP. Unless somebody goes nuclear and just is dropping 50 burgers twice a week. Like, just because of the sheer... Gravity of it, the Nuggets are in a like look like they're in a good spot to like keep the momentum they've got in the West. And so if it comes down to a, let's say we'll we'll make it Kevin Durant, 
because um, he's a guy that people should always be in the conversation, but he's been ba- down a few years. So the most voter anti-voter fatigue vote would be like a Kevin Durant type of guy. If they get the one seed and Kevin Durant's a huge part of it, he'd have to average like, and I know that MVPs should not be a stats numerical thing. He'd have to have to average 40 points a game for me to be like, he's more valuable to the, to his team than Jokic is to mm-hmm. the Nuggets. Cause it just unfathomable. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, and it's the extent it's been this whole month we've been talking about. Yeah. Jokic. Like, week one, we we brought up the MVP, and we're like, yeah, Jokic has been pretty efficient. And then it was like, hold on. Jokic is insane. This has been nuts. <laughs> yeah. And then it just came, and we talked about his slowdown. The Celtics game was in that, like, little slump we talked about. 30-12-12. and 12. <laughs> It just was – and that was a good game for him in that in the quote-unquote slump. And yeah. was, all of these games have quotes around them. Because the T-Wolves game, is set, you said a game where Jokic struggled. 24-7-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. Darn, and I can't, I don't have <laughs> how many attempts he took, but it's yeah. like, yeah, see, but that felt like an uglier Jokic game, and <laughs> like, it's weird watching Jokic. I think of the one of the biggest things that separates like people, like compared to most stars, I feel like it's the most different from like what people see of him when they're not watching games compared to the people what they see when they are watching the games because, um. Like, Jokic's best nights a lot of times are the ones that just don't really jump off the stat sheet. Like, it doesn't jump out at you looking at the stats. Because, like, when he's at his most comfortable and he's, like, has the most control over the game is when he plays, like, he just, he doesn't care. He's not, like, seeking out his shot. He's not assist hunting. You know, he's never doing any of those things. He's just getting to the elbow and people are so scared of him because of how efficient he is one-on-one that he draws the double team and then he just hits it to a cutter who catches the ball, draws more defensive attention to him because he has the ball right next to the hoop. And then that guy kicks it out to a corner shooter. You know, that that's not a stat, you know, on the box score for Jokic. But Jokic was the reason that happened. Um, that kind of stuff happens every play. And I saw something, and I can't remember what podcast I was listening to or what video. Audio. It was some, I, I did not think of this is what I'm pretty much trying to get across. It is the Jokic is the loudest, quiet thirty-point game you'll ever watch. Because like when he's like, he'll go on stretches where he scores points. You're like, Jokic is the man. And mm-hmm. then you'll be like, wait, he had that one like seven-point run where he was like back-to-back-to-back buckets. But how does he have eighteen points in the second quarter? You're like, what? How did he? <laughs> it's like the quietest, loudest. Because his runs are. We were at uh, the first game we went to Sixers Nuggets. And Jokic hit that fadeaway buzzer beater game winner thing, mm-hmm. and like, but he took over in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and it was like mm-hmm. Jokic is the guy, and then you realize he already had twenty points coming into the fourth quarter, and you thought I was like, oh, we didn't get, we didn't really get to see a great Jokic game until that fourth quarter. But you're like, holy crap, just kidding. And I, I don't remember the exact stat line that he had the the, the day that first Nuggets game we went to. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty eighteen. No, I think that was twenty twenty. I think so. Night was it? January. Oh of no! End of nineteen. I don't. I just know that I have a video on my phone of our good friend Anthony screaming about yeah, firing yeah. Brett Brown. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, but anyway, but like the quietest, loudest game you'll ever see because they'll just be spurts where it's like, okay, that is the two-time MVP going on three-time MVP, and that is why. And then there's other times where like he just had six possessions back with assists on all of them. This is crazy. Or at the bare minimum, hockey assists. 
I'd love to see that percentage. Mm-hmm. What percentage of Denver Nuggets possessions with Jokic on the floor are due to a hockey Jokic assist, mm-hmm. which is a pass to a pass? Yeah. For those that don't understand a hockey assist, uh, that that'd be a crazy stat to see, and I'm sure that there's somebody in there that has some fancy mm-hmm. software keeps the stat that I could go find it. But yeah, uh, I think there is. Yeah, I think it's called secondary assists on like NBA.com. On some maybe. stuff, okay. But yeah, but they also keep track of like uh, touches per game. Like Jokic leads the league in touches per game and passes per game. But the amount of time that he has the ball, he's like num- he's in the twenties. I think he might but even for be having lower the than most that. touches is the part that's mm-hmm. crazy about it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have the ball more minutes or more seconds of the game than he does, but he has by far the most touches, which just paints like the picture that I'm that I feel like I explain too much on <laughs> the yeah. podcast. But like when he, this guy catches the ball, he's not looking to score most of the time. He's just literally looking to pass to somebody. And he's like the one of the best players, if not the best player on the planet. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Uh, Carmelo Anthony would be the opposite of that, where he's like 20th in terms of number of touches, but time he's like 10 minutes more per game, more than anybody else in the NBA. Um, that would be the opposite <laughs> yeah. of that one. But uh, the the point, the, the gist of today's Tim Duncan episode was we were going to talk about offense. And I guess we've kind of been talking about it here for the past, I don't even know how long we've been running, but um, the past while we've been talking about offense. But we've seen... And I know in football, because I'm more of a football guy, uh, in football, the evolution of how an NFL offense goes, you go from the West Coast into this, and then the Wildcat formation had its heyday, and now it's this air raid style Andy Reid offense with Sean McVay, and like there's different, there's the offense evolves, defense catches up. And the NBA this season, specifically I'd say since, I guess when maybe it's when the Nets fired Steve Nash, just for a totally unrelated marker, We've seen offense in the NBA kind of explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could just call it this whole season. Um, and there was a couple teams that I know Logan wanted to talk about. We talked about um, one of like focusing on coaching for the Pacers and the Kings, and they might come up in this episode because they're part of this kind of offensive re- renaissance of nobody's great, but nobody's bad, and we're okay with every guy on the court taking a shot if he's open. Um, and that's just a very different style than we've seen in the past. So, uh Logan, I guess, where, what team do you want to jump into first? Or, I guess, what, what made you think of this whole offense? NBA offense could be a whole podcast episode. What did you want to focus in on? Yeah, um, I guess what made me think of it is just the amount of insane stat lines that we've been seeing lately. And I guess, I don't know, I, there, just because there's a lot of people that I know that don't really pay attention to the NBA too much outside of, like, seeing, you know, that on the news basically on news feeds on Instagram and stuff. Um, it just kind of interests me trying to, I guess, explain it or translate it to people who don't know the NBA super well of why this is happening. You know, just for example, like Luka Doncic's 60, 21 and 10 game, uh, Jokic's 40, 27 and 10. And then Donovan Mitchell just had 71 points. And what goes overlooked a lot about the game is that he had 11 assists also. So he had the second highest ever points responsible for of any game. It was 99 points that he was responsible for. I think Wilt's record was 104, obviously, in his 100-point game. (laughs) So that was pretty crazy. Um, The other thing that people probably didn't know 
but it has been like a, a thing this whole season is right away, I think within the first week, maybe two weeks of the season, people were talking about how the offensive efficiency this year has been an anomaly because historically, like, and even just these past few years, usually the offense in the NBA starts off slower. Like the beginning of the season is more rough and it takes a little while for offenses to get going. This season, it started off record-breaking already. Like it was like, you know, the Boston right away had like one of the best offensive efficiencies in NBA history. And right now, the Nuggets and Boston, I think, would be breaking the record right now. Nuggets are number one in offensive efficiency, finally, or offensive rating. Because, you know, personnel-wise, I feel like Nuggets should have the best offense in the league. I'm glad that it finally happened. But <laughs> Your facilitator is Jokic. Ours is Marcus Smart. I think that is the yeah, no. only sentence that Yours you- is more impressive. Yours is definitely more oh. impressive. I'm just saying I'm glad we're finally there. Yes, but if you like, be like, yeah, I've got this offense ran by Jokic or this offense, no disrespect. I've said it before. First NBA jersey I ever bought was Marcus Smart. I will cry the day he is no longer a Celtics. A Celtic, but also smile at the same time. He is our facilitator, period. Jalen Brown's gotten better. Uh, Tatum's gotten better. Everybody, but he is our primary mm-hmm. make the offense hum, and yours is the, maybe the best one to ever do it from any position on the court, not just the center position. Yeah. And ours is like, should he be a shooting guard instead of a point guard because of his <laughs> lack of – like? and it's not lack of basketball IQ. I almost said that, and that's completely wrong. Yeah. Offensive IQ because he's a natural defender in his soul. Yeah. He's Tony Allen in a different life. Like he is – right? Isn't that the guy that Kobe said is the best mm. defender? Yeah. But like just different, different blueprints. B- back to your thing though. Yeah, it makes sense that the Nuggets finally got it because of just who they have as people. Yeah, no, Smart for sure would be like, in his best situation, would probably be like a two guard. Like with, that offers you like over-qualified playmaking capabilities. Uh, But yeah, so I think I said it preseason. It might have been at the very beginning of the year. But I I did say at one point, like Nuggets, there's no reason we shouldn't have the best offense in the NBA this year. Like if we don't, I feel like that's an underachievement. And, you know, the defense hasn't gotten a lot better. Oddly enough, I don't know how many tangents we've already gone on in this episode, but so apparently our, our defense is just way better when Michael Porter Jr. is on the floor. I never thought that would be a thing, but it, it, I don't know if you were unaware of that, but if you look at the, the lineups comparing when we have Bruce Brown starting versus that same starting lineup, but with Michael Porter Jr., we are much better in the Michael Porter Jr. minutes uh, defensively. That makes... Doesn't make no, any sense. No, okay. Is it starting? <laughs> like, I... I I'm going to have to say it's either like it's a flawed stat because there's not a world where that makes no, sense. No, it's it like, is because they do similar things because like unless it's like the games that Michael Porter Jr. has not started and it's been Bruce Brown have been against like the Pistons or something. There, There's a really big sample size for both at this point. Wow. And it really I think it just comes down to the length. Like when we have Michael Porter Jr., we just we are so much bigger like Bruce Brown is a great defender, but he's defending threes all the time. And he just he doesn't have the same size, I guess, on the defensive end. But I didn't I don't know if it's really the difference that the numbers painted out to be right now, but I think it definitely has helped us to have more length out on the floor. Especially when, you know, Jokic with his biggest weakness on the floor is his uh rim protection. Having more guys that can block shots out there definitely helps. I saw Thinking Basketball did an entire video on can Jokic's defense last through the playoffs. 
like thinking basketball did a podcast like do the Nuggets lose in the playoffs because of Jokic's defense? Like, mm-hmm. can his offense not carry his defensive load in terms of in playoff basketball? Like, they mm-hmm. weren't saying he's a bad player, but I just found that that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I listened to that episode. And, it, like, see, I thought about um, – I wasn't sure if we were going to be recording an episode this week or not. And if we weren't, I was going to record one solo. And that was what I was going to talk about was – because I've – made a video about that already this season about, and I've been saying it really ever since I've had this microphone and and had a podcast of how I feel like the Nuggets should build around Jokic in order to cover up his defensive weaknesses. And they went into that on thinking basketball this past week and said the exact, like they brought my thoughts to life. I was like, I felt so validated. I was listening to a recorder. It just was a different voice coming out of it. Because, like, we've talked off ca- off mic, whatever, like, multiple times about the same thing. Like, oh, how? Because I'll throw random trades at you, almost always with Michael Porter Jr. being the bait. Mm-hmm. Almost exclusively. But, like, this will shore up your defense a little bit. So I've, I've heard what you say, and then I listen. I didn't listen to that whole thing sitting down, but I listened to a snippet of it. It's like, I've heard this before. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. uh, no, it was, uh, it was eerily similar. Yeah, so just getting a versatile rim protector that can also defend on the perimeter and preferably hit threes, you know, just one of the rarest type of players ever would be the perfect player to grab and pair next to Jokic, and that would be a match made in heaven. Um, And that's basically exactly what they talked about and, like, theoretically what would be the best way you could build a defense around around, uh, Jokic, just get Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, that would be the perfect one. Yeah, anyways, we're talking about the offensive explosion. So for some reason, yeah, this season started off, teams were just completely gunning it, hitting every shot, basically. The pace isn't much faster this year than years past, but it's just the efficiency that's gone way up. And some theories that I've heard slash thought about for that has been like just the X's and O's of NBA offense is so much more... Uh, like so much smarter now and so much more uh, well formulated and executed. Um, So like it used to be, you know, four, not even four years ago, probably like two years ago, every single play was high screen and roll for every single team that you watched. It was high screen and roll and people just standing around the three point line to space the floor, except for the Warriors. They were the only team that never really did that. They always did a bunch of actions, the stuff they still do. But now NBA offense has become a little bit more like the Warriors just with throwing those actions on top of the high screen and roll play that everybody still uses. So like now you rarely see just a, like the Atlanta is a good example of one of the only teams right now that all they do is high screen and roll and everybody kind of just stands there. Like, the Mavericks, which some people, that's that like people who aren't as familiar with the NBA that have listened to a few podcasts probably have heard people describe the Mavericks like that. But I, I wouldn't say that's very accurate because, yeah, it is just the ball's in Luca's hands and he's they're running it as a high screen roll every single play. But it's not just people standing around. It's always every single screen. There's either like a screen the screener action, like a Spain pick and roll where the guy who sets the initial screen, that guy's guy gets screened also. And then so then the guy that that cuts back door for like the, the role, basically he has, he's lost his defender as well. Um, and then like other guys just cutting from the corners and like all these handoffs and just off ball actions happening all over the court. So it's way harder to guard when people are moving is the big key. I feel like that, that 
offensive coaches have started to accept or like really dive deep into and explore the possibilities that come with that. Um, the Kings are a great example of that. And that's one of the teams that I kind of wanted to highlight for this, um, mainly because they've been a surprise this year, even to me, like, and I was, I know I was the one that called out the NBA, you know, Vegas odds on how terrible their line was this year going into the year. That was the line that I, I pointed out of the crowd and was like, that is a terrible over underline. Um, they're going to win way more games than that. I think it was like 32 and a half. No, I remember that we talked about it and you, and like, I don't know if you said, but you pretty much was like, if I was going to put money on it's that, that's a atrocious mm-hmm. line. And I thought it wasn't great, but I didn't think it was like, cause we didn't sit down and do our regular, like full on spreadsheet show thing. Um, yeah. But we talked about, it, I think it was in person even, but you're like, that was, that's a terrible line. Like there's no world where they like struggle that bad that they're like, top five odds for the first pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, regardless of whether or not it came together with their coach and with their, like, roster and everything, like, the Kings as an organization are not going to miss the... Like, they're going to do everything in their power to make the plan. It's like, there's there's no way they're going to win less than 33 games. Like, it's they're going to climb up there to, like, 38, you know, around there for sure. So, and now this year, it's looking like they're going to be over 500 like by kind of comfortably maybe like a 45 win team um maybe even higher right right now they're at 20 and 18 so yeah uh we're not quite to halfway but we're four games out from halfway for a lot of teams it looks like four or five games out for teams so um i mean they're on pace there's things that could happen but it's not like they have like a oh they've beat some good teams like Mm mm-hmm I mean, they, they have to play the Suns. I don't know how many times you play your in-division. I know what it is in the NFL, but I, I don't remember exactly how many times four. you play. Is it four? Two, mm-hmm. two and two. So, like, they get the Lakers twice, which I guess depending on when you catch the Lakers, good or bad. Uh, but then you get the – wait, now I have to think where the Suns are at. Suns are in their division, yeah. It, they're the, they go down into Phoenix? Yeah, Pacific. Okay. Because then the Northwest is the weird one that like technically stretches diagonally across the entire United States. Northwest is the least meaningful name of a division in the NBA. Okay. It's just all the teams that don't have a division already. It's just the entire Louisiana Purchase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, because they've got the Suns four times, Clippers four times, uh, what is it? Warriors four times. A lot of those teams depends on when you catch them. But like, that's yeah. not an easy... It's not like you're the Heat playing the Hawks four times. Well, mm-hmm. the Heat is a bad example. It's not like you're down in the Southeast where you get, oh boy, we get to place the Magic and the Wizards four times each. Yeah. It's it's not easy. And uh, Charlotte. Don't forget about Charlotte. And Charlotte where LaMelo is. It's <laughs> yeah, just different this worst year. Worst record. Yeah. No, but yeah. And I think that uh, they're a perfect team to like look at because we we're going to talk about them individually potentially for a whole episode on like how they all came together and we still might do that, but... They were, like, I think they're a good example of how things, like, this year just kind of went for people. And it doesn't, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. But you were talking about the, uh, how their, their line, how their line was atrocious with the 33 games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my preseason prediction, because I, I did a, basically, like, a reasonable prediction is what I called it for every team for their win-loss record. And I said 38 and 44 for them would be a good line. And so, like, that's only, like, five off, but that was by far the biggest difference I had with any of the other teams. Um, and 
yeah, so, but I would say if I was a betting man, I, w- I would say that they would pass even my line preseason at this point. Um, you know, that one might be close, but I would, I would still probably put money on that one because like, I don't know, Clippers, I don't know if they're really going to put it together. They don't seem like, I, I don't know. I just don't know with them. Um, it feels like they've played quite a few in division games already. So I don't know if like, I, I guess I don't know how big of a factor that will be facing all those teams. But if you're, if we're looking at, you know, cleaning the glass right now, which is really good. They have a good uh, league summary on there where they have all these stats and they filter out all garbage time and stuff like that. They have Sacramento sitting with the sixth best offensive rating this season, right behind Dallas, Brooklyn, Utah, Boston, and Denver. I'm just now noticing now that Utah is still third in the NBA in <laughs> offensive rating. Okay, and for all you haters hating on Boston, we're on our third head coach. Leave us alone because Udoka did whatever he did, and the Jazz and Danny Ainge are the worst people ever, and they took what would would have been our head coach, and now we're on Joe, who just doesn't believe in timeouts. He's the Andy Reid of the NBA, and it's fine. But that, the Jazz being as good as they are, will forever be my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. As a yeah. point to be like, Boston's a coach factory. Still yet to be seen. But, that, yeah. No, That's yeah, all. the very early this season was the most fun I've had just watching regular season NBA games, like, in a long time. Just watching, because we lost game one of, of the of the season. Uh, it was Denver at Utah, and I was thinking, like, you know, I did. I was not expecting Utah to be the team that they, they are this year, and all like we just got completely destroyed. And I was like, "Is this real, or is this just like a weird fluky first game?" I watched the. I tuned into the next game they played, which was against maybe the Wolves, or it was another pretty good team. Beat them. They. I think they won the first four or five games of the season. Yeah, they. I, they started off ten and three. I want to say, was probably where it peaked. But like, I mean, they're 20 and 23 right now, so they're below 500, but still never like that 20 games. Like I wouldn't have been surprised coming into the year if they wouldn't have reached 20 games on the season, 20 wins. I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me that before the season, but that's just where they are right now. They are 27th on defense, which is, you know, definitely not great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Their first loss of the year was to the Rockets. (laughs) <laughs> was it really? And they beat the Nuggets, the T-Wolves, the Pelicans. They lost to the Rockets. Then they lost to the Nuggets uh, after they beat the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Beat the Grizzlies by one. Beat the Grizzlies again. Beat the Mavericks. Beat up on the Lakers, but everybody did that early. Yeah. Um, they they did they, not lose to... Like, they beat good teams. And they had a stretch where they were missing a lot of guys, too. And they were still playing well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah dang. So, yeah, Houston, 29th in offense, 28th in defense. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Is that the worst team that you've personally watched? I think it's the worst basketball team I've watched with my eyes. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't think of it like that maybe when I'm watching it because I my brain automatically is like, oh, I'm just watching this game to watch the young guys, the young ta- like talent yeah. develop. Um, so I'm not as 
and I don't know if I was if I was watching it as like oh I'm a fan of this team wanting them to win games or something I probably would feel that way. Um, well, I'm just saying like as a basketball like I've watched probably three Rockets games this year. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, I, so bad. Yeah, they they are. They like are the bad. fact that they don't have the worst record in basketball, or do they? They have to. I think they do. Or no, they're no, they're they're fighting they're worst with the percentage Pistons wise. and the Hornets yeah. for the worst record, um, in uh, in basketball. It's just they're hard to watch because, like, at least and maybe it's because I have no attachment. I thought Jabari Smith was the worst of the top three this year. Mm-hmm. You did. I can attest for that. I don't think I'm wrong so far. Haven't mm-hmm. seen Chet the skinny legged wonder play yet, but I'm 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 willing to say that. <laughs> Paolo was the right one to take first or yeah. second or he should have went in front of Jabari Smith. Um, and, and, and I guess maybe I should look at like, this is just a G league team running around with, that, yeah, Eric honestly, Gordon is, as a with Eric, coach, Go- yeah, with Eric as a Gordon. Player coach. Yeah. Um, because like, I guess I didn't realize Boban was on there. Oh was yeah. Bad for him. But he's uh, just doing state farm commercials now. That's really all his career is. Yeah, is that is that a thing in Houston? You just get you just get offered a State Farm deal when you go to Houston. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's a they're they're hard to watch. They're really hard to watch, and like, and I don't watch as much basketball as some people. Like I know that, but like, oh man, it's atrocious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, no, Thunder it definitely is our front team, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the NBA offense. Um, yeah. Usually we've been better about staying focused, but we're just kind of going all over the place. But yeah. offensively, um, we're swinging, we're talking about the Jazz, how they've been really efficient. Um, another team that offensively, like, doesn't it didn't blow my mind. I guess the Celtics, because I was like, I didn't see that coming. Me neither. I, yeah. I, I I didn't think that they would, and it's because they hit the three pointer like it was, like. Throwing a, I don't even know what the, it was. Just the easiest thing ever at the beginning. They just did it, and it wasn't hard. And they just kind of were like, "Yeah, no big deal." Our worst three point shooter on the team is Al Horford, and he's shooting thirty two percent from the three point line on like weirdly good volume. I actually so, think that's the opposite, isn't it? Does isn't he have the best percentage? I just picked a random Celtic. Okay, I just heard that from a broadcaster the other night. They were like, "Because uh, I I just remember it because I thought it was dumb to say that somebody." Because it's a volume-based thing. Yeah. Somebody in the booth was like, uh, Al Horford's their best. I think it was Stan Van Gundy, to be honest, said Al Horford Malcolm is the best. Bro- okay. I did not Sorry, realize how going. crazy insane we were. Sorry, I cut you off. Malcolm Brogdon shooting on four a game, 44% from the three-point line. Grant mm. Williams, 42.8% from the three-point line at three and a half a game. Al Horford shooting 42 uh, percent from the three-point line, just shy of five attempts a game. Jason Tatum, 35% from the three-point line, nine attempts a game. Jalen Brown, 33% from the line. That's at eight attempts a game. It just... It, the team shoots 42 threes a game and hits 37% of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, and that's what's crazy. The only people that suck... Like, even Noah Vonley shot 25% from the... I'm just kidding. All right, Noah Vonley... Yeah, he did when he was when we had him, but R.I.P. Yeah, so I just as you were talking about that, it made me curious. Boston is seventh 
in three-point percentage. I knew the Nuggets have been first all season, but I didn't realize we were over 40%. How many attempts do they take? That's what I want to know. 30.3. If you take 42. 42. 42. That's so, like... And like... And obviously, shooting 40 as a team is insane. But on yeah. 42 attempts... There's only one team that takes more than you. Do you know who it is? They shoot barely less percentage. They're a little bit worse percentage-wise, but only by .001. It, it has to be like the Pacers or, or Sacramento. It has to be... Nope. Think about the, the most Warriors? obvious one. Yep. Is it the Warriors? It's the Warriors. They shoot 43.3 attempts per game. And they hit... Dallas is at 41, and Utah is at 40.2. Well, Luke is 15 of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, but... Honestly, probably like at least six or seven of those i'm guessing eight well i mean tatum takes 10 of our 40 or nine of our 40 tatum takes Jalen takes seven and a half of our 40 Jeez. praise the lord marcus smart is only five of our 40 could that's be still more. way too much <laughs> five feels marcus like, smart well, he hits 33 percent of them him and Which, luke cornetta yeah have the same and I think that I just the, I am fine with Marcus Smart taking threes. It's the fact that he heat checks. If he were to be like, I'm open and they're disrespecting me, I'm gonna take this three. But it's like I have a foot of room to launch it, and you're like, why? You had Sam Hauser. Like you had people that are literally only given dollar bills to stand behind that painted line and make the ball go in the net. And play defense and roll, do their role. That's their only job. And you have them wide open, and you say, "This is my time." But then uh, watch me eat my words. There'll be a playoff game where we'll be like struggling, and Marcus Smart will hit like three in a row, and that'll be like the catalyst for the comeback. And I'll feel like an idiot. But yeah, it's. And is that what it is? Is it the three point has become an extension of the mid range? Where it's like not hard anymore. You know what I mean? Because like I feel like for a long time, three point was like a specialty that people had. Where like, I mean, MJ wasn't a great three point shooter. Like it was a skill that he worked on, but he wasn't great. But then mm-hmm. Kobe was just MJ with a better three point shooter. Yeah, a little shot. bit better three point shooter. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like, is that what is it becoming? Is it becoming like, are there less people that can do like. I'm trying to think of a, an old rebound. I'm just kidding. Um, what's something that they used to do? I mean, defense has gotten worse. So is that like people are putting more of their time and effort from when they're this big, putting work into the three-point shot? So that's be is that what's exploding this year? I, I don't know statistically. Yeah. This is just from someone that kind of barely pays attention. Is it three-point efficiency that has like taken a step, but then with offensive efficiency, it like catapulted the numbers up? Because what used to be the least efficient shot – has all of a sudden became just as efficient as settling for that 15-foot jumper for two. For some people. For a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like on most teams now, the number of guys that can't hit threes is less than the number that can. And that used to not be the case. It used to be you have, like, four guys that are like, if he gets it, I'm okay with him shooting it. You have the green light. Now is it only four guys where it's like, don't shoot that three for the love of the Lord. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's how the... Uh, league is kind of altered that you know teams are signing more players like that but also people like players growing up growing in this modern era like from childhood are you know shooting threes so like just 
you have less players that don't shoot threes um, to choose from. So I think it's a combination of those things. And then, but uh, there's a few things I want to respond to in there. First of all, before I forget, uh, just how crazy it is that Marcus Smart is shooting five threes per game. Just to put this in perspective, that's twice as many per game that that Larry Bird ever attempted on a season per game. Ever. That's double. Marcus Smart thinks he's twice as good at Larry, as Larry Bird is what I <laughs> is that's what I understand from that. Yeah. And that, uh, and that's a hundred percent era, but Yeah, it you know, um, yeah. Different eras entirely, but that just seems like it shouldn't be right. Um anyways, the uh a question of like threes, how much that has to do with it, uh, with the offensive explosion. So if I want to say the amount of attempts for threes this season compared to the most recent seasons hasn't been a huge jump. It, it might be a little bit more, but I don't think that's really what it is, just the amount of teams attempting them. Because I, I know Utah a couple of years ago was leading the league with 40-some-odd attempts per game. It was like 42 and a half or something like that, and that was like two years ago. So I think it's, you know, the top – teams attempt wise are, are, is still similar but i'd say the main thing is the you know protecting the offensive player a lot of times with with like how the league officiates has, has been a big thing it's forced the defense to contest in way less favorable ways um, because of those like the landing area rules and stuff like that like people just don't close out the same type of way to shooters that, that they used to because they're afraid of getting that four point play or, you know, giving up that four point play, uh, which happens a lot, especially when you're watching like inexperienced guys <clears throat> closing out on a shooter, the shooter just kicks his legs out a little bit and lands a little bit in front of where he took off and, uh, you know, gets, uh, just falls down basically and gets that call, which I understand the rule. I understand it's for protecting, you know, the Kawhi type of incident from happening again where he's messes up his knee for his, his entire life. But like, um, at the same time, obviously implementing a rule like that, people are going to exploit it. And we see that happen every night. And so, uh, so this is interesting. Yeah. Toronto currently has the worst three point percentage in the league at 32.4. Makes a lot of sense. I didn't know that, but I, if you yeah. move that to last year, they are the, or just kidding. Oh yeah, they're an, they're an outlier on the bottom, but the top, uh, so the best shooting percentage last year was the Clippers at thirty seven point three percent. Yeah, no efficiency. They've we've definitely gone up. No, that Not- and that's what I'm talking is like those the attempts. Um, it seems like the bottom is what's came up. So the top is like stayed pretty high, but like it's slinkied where the bottom is closer to the top than it used to be for attempts. For attempts. That makes sense. And then when you combine that with efficiency going up where, um, I mean, the best team last year would be the 13th best team in shooting this year. Mm. Mm Percentage-wise. Which is kind of nuts to think. Yeah. No, sorry. Okay, no, they they would be the 10th. Not much better, but better than 13th. They'd be the 10th best shooting three-point team this season if they were in in the... like if they were like that team was moved into this year, um, yeah. So things have gone up a little bit, but it's it's still hard to figure out where everything's at. I guess. Yeah, and another thing you said in there, which was kind of the reason why I want to bring this up or like talk about this, was like you said how defenses got worse, and like you know all of you have probably heard it. 
when like you're just talking with somebody uh, who's not like a big fan of the NBA or something and they make some comment like, you know, NBA teams, they don't even play defense anymore. Or like, uh, you know, I heard one time somebody say, uh, so how, why do like college players, like when they get to the NBA, they just forget how to play defense. Like, how does that happen? And it's like, yeah, you know, if you, if you actually watch the NBA, you would know that, you know, rookies actually, that's one of the biggest things they struggle with usually at the beginning of their careers is, is defense and understand. And it's not like the physical capability of playing defense on somebody, but it's more about the X's and O's, like where to be. Well, you um, can't run, um. Like, you can't run the same... De- like, 2-3 defense doesn't exist in the NBA. Just because of the athletes, you can't do it. Like, yeah. Like, at Syracuse, they just, like, turn their brain off, run the 2-3. <laughs> and, like, that's just what they do. Yeah. Um, and, but you just can't do that in the NBA. Personnel would eat you alive if you mm-hmm. ran... And, like, it's weird because the NBA is, like, a combo of zone and man-to-man at the same time. Oh, like, yeah. We're, like... All the because time. Because in, in college basketball, there's help defense... But it's like a guy filling in as the other guy enters his zone. But in the NBA, it's like I'm leaving my man to come and help on help defense because it's it's a weird thing, and every team does it a little bit differently. Like the Celtics lean more zone than they are man, but they're still definitely man-to-man defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have that thing where they like allow Robert Williams to kind of just roam the baseline sort of by his guy, and that's how they just play. And it's – it's just a different thing, and you could attest to it more and kind of break it down more, but it's just a totally different style of defense because they don't just have te- – like, a team like Syracuse would never exist in the NBA of just being like, yeah, they run the 2-3, like, always. Like, they just don't – they don't really change yeah. it up unless there's, like, a Steph Curry equivalent level player that just abuses them from the three-point line in that corner where you can't get to him in time. Yeah. The only, um, only time you ever see that in the NBA is in, like, a one-off game scenario – and it's usually a team that is very bad on defense is the only like they, it's like a last resort thing to switch to do it do a two three, but yeah like the in the NBA defense is all about like the well really just the game in the NBA is all about mismatch hunting that's what offense is is about like you're uh, especially in the playoffs you're trying to find the weakest parts of the defense to attack and so on deep on like from the defensive perspective what you need to do a lot is try to prevent those mismatches from occurring. So you have to, it's a lot of scrambling and rotating, knowing like you have to keep everybody covered, but you have to be able to switch defensive assignments at any time in order to, to prevent like a mismatch from happening. And like, you know, the Nuggets do this a lot with, you know, uh, obviously because of Jokic and his, like he's, he's a big guy that's not super athletic a lot of teams want to get him in a mismatch where they have uh, the guy that he's guarding come and set a screen on ball. And so then he gets switched on to the ball handler. Um, but, you know, a lot of times the Nuggets prevent that from happening by sticking Jokic on like a corner three shooter or something like that. Or when when his man is starting to come up to set the screen, then that's when him and another guy cross switch and like, you know, they just completely, they, it has to be communicated at the right time and, you know, things like that. It's a lot of, there's a lot of intricacies and like communication stuff with NBA defense that rookies aren't used to right away. And it takes some time and it's just a, it's just like a different sport almost, <laughs> uh, in a way watching, just watching like college basketball nowadays. I, I rarely do it, but when I do, I'm just, I don't know. It kind of hurts a little bit. 
watching college basketball because it's just like a, uh, you just, you're like, wow, like, why don't they just do, you know, this or that? But it's, it's weird. Um, I don't know how to describe it exactly. I, I get like a lot of people really love college basketball because it's like the, the heart. It's like, it's really chaotic and messy. You know, Nebraska men's basketball is literally only winning by heart. They have like Fred Hoiberg came out ahead of the season and said, we don't really have a guy to go get us a bucket. And I'm just like, wave the red flags. That's a problem. You don't have a guy that can just go score on offense. And that's been very apparent because if we let teams get to 60, we usually lose. But we've held teams to under 60 a weirdly large number of times. Mm-hmm. Like we embarrassed Creighton, we embarrassed Iowa, and we almost beat the number one team in the nation, Purdue. Yep. That game was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's chaotic. It's crazy. It, there's, it's so much. The reason that March Madness is not like a boring slug of a thing is because it, nothing makes sense. You're like, wait, yeah. what? Why? Why did that happen? Isn't that team so much better? Yeah, but it's, it's college basketball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the it's, NBA, if the NBA did a similar style tournament, it would be so boring because upsets wouldn't super really happen if it was in a you're playing for a championship type of setting until like the Elite Eight, you would call it, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Like when it was like who would be an eight seed, I guess, the one of the best eight teams in the NBA looking at uh, uh, an eight seed. Uh, we'll call it it'd be like Portland? I could see the. Like on a, on a on a day, the Cavaliers could beat the Nuggets. Saying that the Cavaliers are the eighth best team in the NBA, I don't think that's right. You could argue the Nuggets are the best team in the NBA. Like that's you wouldn't see if it was a playoff scenario. Like everybody's locked in, you wouldn't see the Pelicans randomly lose to the Magic like you would see in if it was like a playoff scenario type of vibe, yeah. atmosphere, you know what I mean? But it, in college it, basketball, craziness happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'd say it probably is more variable in college, but like it it could happen in the NBA, but I think what would make it not as enjoyable is just like, I've heard some people say when they watch NBA games, like it's like the most lazy basketball they've ever watched. And like I've really like started to watch and try to think of that like how how do some how do people see that? And I understand because it does look slow a lot of the time, and like people aren't moving a whole lot sometimes, and it's like, and people just watching that you know aren't crazy basketball nerds you know <laughs> are are watching that and they're like, well, this isn't very entertaining. Nobody's really doing anything, and it's like basketball in the NBA at least at this point has become so like refined and. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's, it's a very high level of skill and it's very tilt also rules wise. It's very tilted towards the offense. Like the offense can get away with a lot more than the defense can. And that's why you see those, those very high scoring numbers and why we see lots of free throws every game. But yeah, it's just become like a very refined offense in the NBA where they're running these, these uh, actions and these plays just over and over. Like, I don't, maybe I'll describe it like this. Like they've found the plays that are the most efficient and they just run them to death in the NBA. Like they run the same plays over and over and over with the same personnel a lot because they've found the most efficient out. Like they've found the plays that get them the most efficient outcomes. And so they're like, why would we run other plays <laughs> if these are the plays that work? Um, so 
yeah, it's kind of become like that a little bit. But this season is where it's kind of starting to tilt, like like I was saying before, where instead of just high screen roll every single play, now there's like there's plays within plays. You know, like every action is becoming so much more nuanced or like expanded upon now. And it's just it's fun to watch. It's like a, a renaissance of offense right now is how I could probably best describe it. But yeah, that's probably all I have on the offensive boom for now. Um, that I know that was kind of messy, a, but we can get into it another time. Yeah, no, for sure. It'll, it, it's a little bit uh, a, a never-ending conversation because uh, it'll just for, it'll forever evolve. Because for all we know, teams will realize like, wait, if we get like a Dwight Howard, a Dwight Howard era center, we can just bully ball on the inside, and then things will just start all over again. <laughs> Who knows when that happens, but mm-hmm. uh, probably not anytime soon because we haven't seen like in football you've seen it a little bit as teams have migrated back to like a West Coast style offense. Basketball you haven't had like a full like wait do this thing that worked in like nineteen seventy. Oh, okay. I didn't know that happened in football, but not aggressive. It's a super hybrid version of the West Coast offense. Okay, yeah, there's like little examples of that in basketball or in the NBA, like with the guards who can't shoot, like Gary Payton the second and guys like that. Yep. Bruce Brown, he who can shoot now, but he couldn't before when he first came on the scene. Like there's there's spots for them now when we thought those players would be extinct like four years ago, but now they're yeah. around again because of the surplus of space that we have. For sure. But that does it for the meat. As Logan said, he kinda expunged as much information out of his vocal cords as he could. Uh but it is time for the game. For those of you that don't know what the game is, I will give Logan a college and then a he will guess an nba player then he will follow it up with a draft and then if he gets it wrong i will give him who that player was drafted by and then it will be who he currently plays for got three names in front of me and then one name that i thought of from the depths of my brain that is no longer in the nba but is not impossible but more on the difficult side uh for logan to try to have to dig through his brain to be able to find so Jumping into person number one, they attended the University of Wake Forest. Again? Again. Uh, John Collins. Incorrect. Really? Okay. I, okay, this is another one where it's weird. I don't know if they've played basketball this year. Oh. Okay. I should have led. I should have led with that. I don't know. They are. They used to like. I know this name. I I definitely know this name, but I don't know if they are still the like the same player they once were when they got drafted. Okay. Uh, with that hint, would you like another Wake Forest guest? Or oh sure. Guess, or would you like a uh, draft? I'll, I'll go with another guest. Ish Smith. Oh. Incorrect. Okay. I'm not positive, but I. Feel like in my brain, they, I'm not even gonna say that because if it's wrong, it'll throw you off. They were drafted by the Clippers with the eighth overall pick. Wake Forest to the Clippers, and might not be playing right now. It's their current team is li- oh is as their national team is their current team that they're listed as playing for. Mm. So like I believe they still play. But they play like when there's like Olympics for their national team. Interesting. Okay, so he's like a foreign player. But not Wake Forest. This person was born in Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) Then, oh, okay. (laughs) 
So it's like one where like I don't know if it's a parent or what, but um, they have two listed in nationalities. One of them is American. Okay, I see. So it is a foreign team though. That foreign country. Yes, it's a different. Co- yeah, okay. it's not like some. Yeah, Wake Forest uh, drafted by the Clippers and with the eighth pick. Do you want the year or do you want to jump to? Give me the year. Yeah. Uh, 2010. Mm. Okay, so the Paul George draft. Um, John Wall draft. I should have probably led with. It was the first pick that year. Man, okay, just give me the give me the team they're current. Well, they're not on a the, team. They last played with the Bulls. Probably most well known for their time with the. Blazers. Their time with the Blazers. Last played for the Bulls. When I see this person in my head, I see them with a Rip City jersey on. And I feel like you probably would too. But I, you also might remember one memory of this person doing something in a different jersey. They played for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 1, 2, 3. Six teams, and their longest stretch was with the Blazers. Hmm. This is a very weird one. I feel like... You I must don't have, be mad. I feel like I must have not known that they went to Wake Forest, though. You probably didn't. They were there for two years. Okay. Um. Can, can you give me, like, his height or something? Six foot eight. 220 pounds... Alfaruq Aminu. If my met, yep. <laughs> I thought about guessing him earlier, but I didn't. Did you know he went to Wake Forest or not? No, I didn't. I honestly thought that would have been weird that he went to what, Wake Forest. What, what do you? What I don't you, know. Uh, <laughs> I know he's a Nigerian prince or whatever. Like he's literally a royalty in wherever oh, country. I didn't, he's I didn't know that, but no, he plays for Nigeria. That's yeah. the team he plays for. Um, what jersey do you see him in? Is it a Portland oh. one? Alfred Camino. It's Clippers or Portland for me. I didn't know this. He was only with Clip- the Clippers for one year. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say Clippers for me. I, would I just think s- I might have seen him like I had a two. I had NBA two K ten, and that yeah. might be why. Mine would definitely be between the Blazers and the Magic, of where I would see Aminu. Yeah, Alfred Camino, were- man. I remember the early days of two K. This one, I'm going to be. Disappointed if you get this one wrong. Very disappointed. Okay. Let's hear it. This is hard. I'm it's hard, give... but it, you would be disappointed. No, no, no. It's hard because for me, it's hard to give you your first call. Co- I'm going to skip the college because it gives away what I feel like okay. is too much information. That's fine. They yeah, you should be able to do that whenever Bulls. you want. Okay. They were drafted by the Bulls. You should just every time give me what you think is the least. Good clue. Helpful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First. They were drafted by the Bulls is the worst clue I could give you. Okay. <laughs> um, drafted by the Bulls. I'm just going to go with Kobe White. No. Okay. Would you like the year they were drafted by the Bulls? Sure. 2014. 2014. That was the Jokic draft. Who was the first pick? Oh, Andrew Wiggins. That was Wiggins and Bar- Parker and... uh. Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, the you're Bulls. Sniffing, you're sniffing around it. 
Am I you really? sniffed around the position group, yeah. Because it's at the top of the draft, you're saying? No, 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 no. The, you, you said a bunch of bigs. Oh. It was a big taken in the 2014 draft selected by the Chicago Bulls. Oh, um, Yusuf Nurkic? Mm-hmm. Okay. I it's, figured that the Bulls was the least helpful because he never be, played for the Bulls. Yeah, because that was a trade on draft night to the Nuggets. Oh, and we've Gar- already talked about how it's, like, weird. And- yeah, Gary Harris was also in that trade. Okay. Yeah. When he said Jokic, I was like, oh, here oh, we go. okay. Yo, yo, you're t- throwing that. Because I was confused when you said... Well, I said Wiggins, Parker, and Embiid, and you were like, you're sniffing around the position. Well, when you, when you like, said Embiid, that's what my <laughs> yeah, brain yeah. was. Okay. And Parker was the four. I mean, Jokic is just a – I mean, yeah. Nurkic is just a center. There's no real other way about it. Mm-hmm. This is this next one is the youngest player that I have said today. They attended Xavier University. I know somebody went to Xavier. I um... – I don't know why I think of Jeff Withy, but he obviously went to Kansas. Again, um, Xavier. Just give me the next one. I need I need more help. Okay, they were drafted by the Pelicans, but they never played for the Pelicans due to a very similar situation to Nurkic. I don't know how you want me to approach it. Do I say the team they just went to right away? Or do yeah, you want who I feel like they, the, the team that... Okay. They Wait, were the immediately sent... I thought you said they the were other immediately one. sent to the Pacers. Oh, okay. Pacers from Xavier. Edmund Sumner. Yeah. Okay, and Sumner. I was gonna say I thought it was like a guard like that that had I could see Xavier on like the two K player card yeah. screen where it says oh. college. I was like, I know I've seen that. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, and the last one, this is a the throwback historical. They attended oh, this might be too much. You'll know it right away. We'll see. Blinn College. Say that again, <laughs> Blinn? B I or B L I N N college. It's a public junior college in Bremham, Texas, with additional campuses in Bryan, Schulenburg, and Sealy. I'm glad you don't know this one, because you know this player for okay. sure. Blinn College. Is this an active player? No, they are no longer. Well, they might be playing in China. Nope, they are no longer playing basketball. Maybe in the Big Three. Hold on. I have to read. I do not think they're still in the playing basketball. They were drafted in night, or they were they went undrafted in nineteen ninety nine. Went undrafted. Yes. They first played in China before having a one year stint with the New Mexico Slam. <laughs> No, when we get to NBA, you'll be like, okay, I'm so much, I'm so happy I know more okay. about this person. Then I, I should just like spout out things, like guesses. Would then, you because... like the team that I know them for? Maybe not, because I have like a few guys, I'm like, maybe I should guess them, but I don't, you know, it just Do you doesn't... want height or anything? No, I'll just, I'll say a few names. 
Okay. Okay. Gerald Wallace. No. Um, so 99 undrafted. Uh, Corey Brewer. No. Corey Brewer is also not that old. Yeah, he is. Corey Brewer? He was still playing in like 2020. No. no he retired like 2017, 2018, probably. Corey Brewer was on the Florida teams that went back to back in 06, 07. Oh, really? Yes. But he was like a senior though, right? Because he's old. Corey Brewer yeah. is old. Corey Brewer was drafted in 2007. Earliest but he what, could have been was 2004. What's he's his age? 36. Oh, okay. That's still a lot. I thought he was at least 40. He played in 2020, so I was mistaken. He played in the bubble. Or would have played in the bubble if he wasn't playing for the Kings. I think you. that's what you said, though, was that he played in 2020. So you were right. I was um, thinking post-bubble, but yeah. So I was wrong, but right by me being stupid. <laughs> I love that this one. You're struggling with this one. <laughs> it's from Texas. Do you want a position or a number? G- give me the height thing. I like that. That's better than position to me. Because position is I so will like... give you... Okay, fine. Scary. I will give you the height. Six foot ten. Undrafted? Undrafted from... 1999 from Blinn College. Um, okay, it's... it's Man, I need to think older than, than what I'm thinking of. Because I was, I was thinking, like, obviously the Marcus Aldridge is like the second... Their last season in the NBA was 2017. Um, okay. Their heyday... Was like oh four. Meta world like, peace. Run our test. No, but the same. No, I'm not even gonna say that because we might look at the players differently. No, it is not meta world peace. Okay, but yeah, and he's like six seven. I forgot six the foot ten. Six they foot wore ten. the num. They wore the numbers. 15, 11, 1, 12. Seven and double zero. Um, I picked a good hard one for this one. Yeah, this I'm is going. like so weird. No, okay. the second I've got, I've got. When you want the final hint, you're like, "Don't tell me," but I want the give up button. I've got the greatest hint ready for it. Did you say fifty as a number? One five, 15. one one. Yes, okay. one fifteen, eleven, one twelve, seven, double zero. Because I was thinking after you said fifty, I was thinking like Zach Randolph. Zebo, baby. Um, okay, Didn't Zebo go to a big college though? I have no idea where Zach Randolph went to college. To be honest, some reason. No, I bet you. Yeah, my brain did a trick on me because I was thinking that he went to Memphis, but he didn't go to Memphis. He went to Michigan State. Oh, I I actually did know that. Okay. He's Draymond number one. Yeah. Um. He was also the 19th pick in the 2001 NBA draft. Okay, so 6'10", he's undrafted. You said he's similar to Metal World Peace, kind of. No, no, it just meant, like, these players make me laugh. I think I know it. Who is it? Jermaine O'Neal. No. Oh. Dang it. <laughs> okay. Um. Do you wait, want the team that wait, I'm, like, what I associate them with? Sure. Yeah, give me that. 
It's like a 50-50 toss-up. This will give too much. I'll give, okay. you give one of them. Wait, then. Torian Prince. Not Torian mm. Prince. Uh, Tayshawn Prince. No. Okay. Give me the team, then. Or whatever you were about one to One of the two teams that I would associate them with is the Heat. Did I say Sean Marion yet? But he's 6'7". It's, yeah, you did say Sean Marion. It's not him. Or even if you didn't, it's not This him, isn't so. Chris Bosh, is it? No, it's not Chris Bosh. Okay. He was 03, yeah. But he's from Texas. Oh, really? But he went to Georgia Tech for college. This guy went to Blinn. NBA champion in 2013. Okay. Wow. 2013 Heat. It It wasn't Mario Chalmers. He went to Kansas. And also, he's not even close to 6'10". 610. I don't know if it's Dexter Pittman. I know. Oh, Chris Anderson. man. You know what is weird? Right at the beginning, when you said undrafted 99, one of the first people I thought of was Birdman. I don't know why I haven't gone back to him though. The way that I associate him with Metal World Pieces, they have really weird fun nicknames. And personalities. And, and yeah. just tattoos everywhere. That Though that was kidding me, I think this person has the most iconic arms and nickname of all time. Is that Hasbula on your microphone? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Cassidy got me uh, these. <laughs> I have, not, it's not an obsession, but like like if I'm having a bad day at work, she'll send me a Hasbula meme. Um, yeah. I just like Hasbula. I don't know why, but I do. He, he's, um, a, he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me and him have so much in common. Yeah. No, he's very interesting. I like watching... I loved his uh, Sunday conversation with Caleb Presley. <laughs> that was entertaining. Yeah. But that was... I feel like I did I did a good job getting a rough one. That's not... Impo- like, it's it's a known one. Do Give me one, one more? more. Okay, do you want another hard one? Uh, Probably not. Just because... Like you want like a redemption style. One. Yeah, more of a redemption. Because I should have. Why did I say Bird? When I said at the beginning, like I I have a few names I want to rattle rattle them off. Right after I said that, I was like, what were the names? I was just thinking of. I couldn't remember them. Oh, this is a great one. This is the greatest one of all time. I thought about doing Doug McDermott, but no, this one's so much better. Jimmer Fredette. No, they went <laughs> to. If my brain does not, yeah, they went to South Carolina. South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. No. I don't think he went also, to South Carolina. I think he went to North Carolina State. Yeah, State. Yep, I think so too. He played for the South Carolina Gamecocks. From Wait, that is where... Isn't that where Dennis Smith Jr. went? He went to... I'm almost positive he was a member of the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Okay, I know T.J. Warren went there to NC State. North Carolina State. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Jadavion Clowney. Right school. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wrong sport. Yeah. Um, honestly, couldn't think of a, a basketball player from there. That's Last that. NBA team he was on was the Orlando Magic in 2021. Two thousand twenty-one. So that was two years ago, correct? Two seasons yep. ago. Two seasons ago. Before that, he was on the Pelicans. 
bounced around the G League, was drafted by the Clippers. So this is a hard one? Oh, it's not hard. I know this name. Okay. Is it like a guy who's ever been like a key, like no, a he, starter on a good team or anything? No. I think the reason I actually I know him is because he went to Oak Hill. Oh. And that might be why I recognize him, so maybe this isn't fair. Um, SEC Player of the Year, South Carolina 2017 draft, second round. 2017 draft? Yeah. So he went out right away? Yeah, he flamed it. Well, now he's playing in Turkey. 2017 draft. That was the year before Luca. That was the Tatum draft. Um, and He's Mark got Michaels. a great name. A great first and last name. Like, mm. Uh, Give me his height. He stands at six foot four. Okay, this might be who I was thinking of then. Was he... Did you say who he was drafted by? Did you say that? It's another weird thing. Apparently, this happens all the time in the NBA. Yeah. First team he played for was the Clippers, but he was technically drafted by the Bucks. Okay, went to the Clippers, twenty seventeen. Oh, uh, oh, Jerome Robinson. No, also great name, but not it. Man. He has played in a total of 160 NBA games, has only started 19 of those. Jerome Robinson was in the 2018 draft, though, I'm remembering. He was in the same draft as Luka. Um, man, 2017 draft. is like I don't even know if I watched that draft live because I have no memory of it. I just know I know Markel Fultz. Went first and Danny. This guy just has a legendary name, and that might be the only. Sorry. The only reason this person might be legendary is because of their name. They might suck. Shooting guard, point guard. Yeah. ST are their initials. Man, I'm. Why am I so bad at this game? I'll give you another one. It's okay. Though this one's kind of hard. I don't know if. ST. I also think I had a my an NBA like my league type of thing also or wherever where this guy like randomly oh, like, you know they... I know it. I know what it is. Sindarius Thornwell. Yes, sir. Clip he was drafted in twenty seventeen. That feels longer yeah. ago than that. But I guess no. It also it's also shocking to me how few basketball players in the NBA went to college in the United States. Like, I have a random player generator, and I miss all the time. Of getting a player that has a college. Uh, see, and then I get one that's this easy. Let me make sure I've got the college. Yeah. Yeah, let me just double just double check to make sure that I have this correct. Uh, Washington State. Clay. Clay Thompson. Is that correct? That is that okay. yes. Sorry, I shook my head, but for the audio, yeah, 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 that is correct. Uh, next one, Utah. Kyle Kuzma. Yep. It was right. Like, okay. I get, it was yeah, good. It was either yeah. him or Jakob Pertl. Those are the only two guys that I can think of from Utah right now, off the top. Syracuse. Of Syracuse. Uh, is it active? Uh, no. Uh, Michael Carter Williams. No, it is not active. Not Michael Carter Williams. 
Dion Waiters? Nope. Non-active. Fab Mello? No. Are you sure that he's not active? I'm... A... Okay. Rakeem Christmas? No. <laughs> no. How old is wrong? he? Like, is he a long time ago? If I tell you what year he was drafted, it's over. Really? Yeah. Why? Can you explain why a little bit? Because it was a long time ago or is it recent? It is just long enough ago that you'll be like, pinpointed. Okay. Tyler Lydon? No. Uh, Tyler Ennis? <laughs> no. Well, okay, was he a good NBA player? I'm naming a lot of guys that barely made Very it. Very good. Oh. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. If I tell you it's the 0-3 draft, it's over. Okay, okay. Man, Because um, I was going to be like, none of his wins in college count was going to be my next time. <laughs> I was like thinking at first, I was like, uh, when you first said Syracuse, I was like, do I guess Carmelo or do I not? Like, I was like, it's probably not Carmelo, right? I'll probably go... Yeah, I've got another it. one. This is more just messing around and probably not good for uh, radio. Um, officially, this will be the last one, and we'll wrap officially. up. Yeah, because I need to uh, go to bed. Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> There's about 500 names I could probably say, but yeah. I'll go with uh, Julius Randle. They've been in rumors very recently. Like grumblings that I read today on Bleacher Report. Of like trades? Or what do you mean? Of contract about about the NBA. Okay. Um, they would join a team from their home as they're currently not playing. They're currently not playing? I am pretty sure they're not. DeMarcus Cousins? Yes. Okay. There's I no didn't... rumors that he will go play with Anthony Davis again. Oh, really? Oh, dude, I didn't know that. Imagine thinking, think how much you could scare the crap out of your 12-year-old self saying, yeah, the Lakers have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. Just tell like yourself that in 2016, and you'd be like... I'm not going to watch basketball anymore. Yeah. And, and like that's seven years and you know, like guys get old, but you wouldn't be like, Oh, those guys are going to be washed. Think about just last season. You could say that with LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo, Anthony, uh, like, I don't know, Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley, uh, Dwight Howard. <laughs> like yeah. if you, if in like 2000, I don't know, uh, 11, 12. If, yeah. yeah. If you, or I guess Westbrook probably. Yeah, no, that would have been good for Westbrook too. But yeah, uh, if you heard that in 2012, you would have been like, that is not real. That's not a team. Indiana. But, you're never going to get this one. I don't you're you giving me another one? Yeah, uh, I don't even know if you know this per Like, you know who they are, but I don't think you get it. Let me double check to make sure, but I'm almost positive they were a Hoosier. Yep. No Von In No. Cody their Zeller. Real, their real name is Kevin. Their real name? Why do you say it like that? Does they don't know? go by Kevin. <laughs> yeah, they don't go by Kevin. It's similar to Bones Highland. They have a nickname they go by that I didn't know wasn't their first name until just now. 
Her is it a is word Kevin. like bones or is it a, like a name, an actual name? Both. Well, no, it's more of a name. It's more of a name than um, Kevin Dwayne. Nickname, last name, Junior. Junior. He's a junior. Yeah. I don't know if it. Indiana. Um, oh, uh, Romeo Linkford. No. Small boy. The original Indiana small boy. Six foot tall. 178 pounds. Wrestling out of Indiana. Steinsville, Indiana is where he was born. Is he Caucasian? No, he's black. Okay. Um, uh, Darren Collison. No, but they were teammates. <laughs> they both played for the Kings at one point in their career. Okay. I want. I don't know if they were teammates, but they were. They both played for the Kings at one point. Oh, Mike Bibby. <laughs> no. I have no idea where he went to school. Mike uh, Bibby's also not definitively black. Isn't Mike Bibby? Oh like yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, trying to think of six foot guys. Uh, this guy's terrible. He's playing in Greece right now, or Slovenia. And okay, so he's six foot, and he's playing. Six. He's played. He played for the Kings. Oh, wait, wait. Is he shorter than six foot though? I would guess he's small. Okay, okay. That's not where... not the short king. That you're thinking. Oh. Because he went to Washington. Uh, that I thought... But, I was going to say that next. I was like, I thought this player went to Washington. No. But, um, this player went to Indiana. Okay. In 2012 to 2016. Oh. So he was in the 16 draft? Yes, and he went undrafted. I did not realize that, or else I wouldn't have picked this one. I thought this wasn't hard. This is also when I started paying attention to basketball, and I had two Ks that were this one. So maybe that's why. I, um, yeah. Um, it's Yogi Ferrell. Oh, I was... Sorry. Dang it. I, 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 I probably wouldn't. wouldn't have said that next, but I I started to think, yeah. Man. Anyways. Okay, are we done now? <laughs> yeah, we can be done. I just saw that one, and it made me smile. <laughs> Man. I yeah, Yogi him. Ferrell's real name is Kevin Dwayne Ferrell Jr. Okay, give me a super easy one. I just need to be need to leave on a I need to leave on a make. I can't leave the gym. Without. Like, do you want it like college easy or just you'll just know one this that I will, I will get very within like the first couple things, I guess. Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. All right. Still playing Kentucky. Shea Gilgis Alexander. No, but I'd imagine they're friends. They were drafted by, you want that? Uh, yeah. Give me Sacramento. Drafted by Sacramento from Kentucky, De'Aaron Fox. Okay, yes. I got. I had a heart attack for a second. Like, did De'Aaron Fox not go to Kentucky? But yeah, it's De'Aaron Fox. Nice. All right. Easy. See, that was a nice, easy, buttoned up. Way to end, yep. Okay, so that was another episode in the books. That was uh, episode 21, Tim Duncan episode. Kind of Kevin Garnett, I guess, could be a candidate for that but we already did he him for episode five. five yeah he uh, wears five yeah and honestly tim duncan one of the goats so he probably would get it anyway don't tell kevin uh garnett i said that yeah so yeah that was it for today's episode thank you guys for listening hope you enjoyed follow the feed on spotify if you haven't already uh rate the show 
which I have not really told anybody to do yet, but because I, I keep forgetting. But leave a five star rating or or whatever. Six point nine out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That'd whatever. be if you're on a five star. Six point nine would be a three point four five. So just shy of a three and a half star. Yeah. Try to do that. Funny number. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Peace. Stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Just giving myself another option because I forgot what I usually say. Um, Peace. I'm just <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to use that.